0: Hello, welcome again to the Body Talk podcast. I'm Alina Jenkins, and this is a series where we look at all aspects of communication in both your personal and your business life, from business storytelling to presentation skills to confidence and self-esteem. And the topic of today's podcast is self-sabotage. What is it? Why do we do it? And how can we move away from this destructive pattern in our life? And I'm sure at some stage you've come across this concept of self-sabotage. Perhaps the most obvious one is when we're trying to lose weight and we lose a few pounds and then the pizza and the biscuits start coming back in and we pile the pounds back on and maybe a few more, or maybe we join a gym and then a few months later we just stop going. So how can we move away from this process of self-sabotage and put ourselves on a more positive path to achieve our goals and also increase our self-worth. So I'm delighted to welcome my fellow Body Talk colleague, Charlie Evans, to the podcast today. She has a background in performance in both TV and theatre, but she's also a psychotherapist. Welcome, Charlie. Thank you, Alina. It's lovely to be on your podcast. Well, what I'd like to ask you first, Charlie, is your background in psychotherapy. How did you come into this world and, and how do you help people?
1: Great question. It's been quite a long journey, so I'm a bit of a master saboteur, so I've got lots of experiences to talk about self-sabotage and how I've managed to overcome it. So for, for me, my journey, I started off working as an actress, and when I work with my clients, what I tend to do is strip it back to their intentions. So for me, my own experience, I trained as an actress. That was my absolute ultimate goal in life, to work as an actress, and what I found when I was getting parts and jobs, it was great, but the highs were fantastic, but they didn't last very long and I wasn't that fulfilled. So then I started thinking about my values and actually it's about working with others. It's service to others, which then led me into training as a psychotherapist. And I work very much with my clients in understanding the whys. Why do you want change? Why do you want to uh, maybe get the promotion, publish a book, relocate, lose weight? What's the whys? Because if we don't know the whys, we find it very difficult to stay on that track and accomplish them. So I work very much finding out the deep, deep deep-rooted intentions behind the reason why.
0: So if we're thinking about self-sabotage, Charlie, I guess why do... People do it, as you say, you've got to kind of tap into their whys, but but what do you find is is a common thread?
1: Well, it's the it's the inner critic, it's the imposter syndrome, procrastination. But like I say, before I get those, so when I'm working with a client and they've got a specific goal that they want to achieve, I ask them, what's your intentions? and intentions people think intentions and goals are the same thing and they are under the same umbrella but for me i look at them in slightly different ways so for me an intention is a sort of a guiding way of how you want to live what's your purpose your aim your attitude your emotions so intentions are very internal and a great way of forming intentions is something to sort of maybe ask yourself what what really matters what's your truth what are you afraid of what do you want more of what do you want to let go of so it's finding out your deep rooted values and you know it might be something along those, along the lines of I'd just like more balance or more peace more courage I'd like to give love, receive love be more accepting you know intentions are very internal when you know your intentions and I encourage my clients I do it as well to set them daily. I find they're the little journey, they're the little small steps that help you get to the bigger goals. So when my clients have big goals, I first break it down and say, right, what's your intentions? Tell me the reason why, and then we can start working towards it. When you know the bigger goal, you know, going from A to B, that sort of cognitive process, the journey, the framework, the brain loves that. We love achieving, accomplishing things because it releases a dopamine. What tends to happen when we're not really clear with the goals and the specific desired outcome, we find all the excuses in the world not to do it. And that's the self-sabotage. And, you know, I work a lot with self-sabotage. We all have it. You know, and we have to work really, really hard. I wish I could say there's a quick fix to get rid of it. Unfortunately, it's about personal development. It's about really listening and being aware of that negative voice, the imposter syndrome. And I think it, it sort of come back, it comes back to sort of limiting self-beliefs. It's self-defeating, self-destructive. It's maladaptive, futile. I mean, it's not serving you. So I try to paint the, the self-sabotage in a very dark way for my clients and get them to visualize it almost like a little gremlin. And when you get that that sort of negative voice, to say, hang on, that gremlin's there. It d- doesn't belong here. Go away. And Carl Jung calls it the shadow. And I quite like that expression because it feels like the shadow is coming into your light. And when I, you know, as an actress, my gosh, I had that shadow very much present, um, far too often. And I, I had to work really hard and think, hang on, this, this is not me. This is that negative. That's that gremlin talking. I've got to get out, out of that darkness into the light and work very hard. So, and I think, you know ways around it is well for me it's breaking things down into small bite size when it's overwhelming it's too big it's very easy to go oh, I'm not good enough I can't do that so it's having having an awareness that the voice is there already having the, the strength and the belief that you can overcome that and then getting yourself into a place where it's difficult then not to do it. So when you get yourself really organized, when you have a calendar or a schedule and you've put time and dates in, you make it difficult then not to to uh, stay on track with your commitments.
0: It's interesting, isn't it Charlie, how sort of the inner critic piece, the gremlin, you know, the shadow ties in with with self-sabotage. And we we've, we've done a few podcasts on on inner critic. I wonder as well if it's also tied into perfectionism. So we coach and and work with a lot of highly trained uh, people at the top of their career. And it's interesting for me how many of those people on the face of it, super confident, doing fantastically well, suffer from these things that we're talking about. And I wonder if it sometimes stems from perfectionism as well, because unless everything is perfect, they feel that they failed.
1: Absolutely. And that's it's a great point. I think so many people as well don't want to start their goals because they want the situation to be perfect before they begin. And it's like, you know what, you've got to start. And perfectionism, you know, they some people think it's a strength, some people think it's a weakness, depending on your perspective. I I think sometimes when you've got standards so high, your expectations will always be so difficult to meet. Then you're setting yourself up for disappointment and self sabotage. So it's almost like having a bit of a clean canvas and looking at what's in front of you now, rather than the the bigger picture. Um, you know, and I always say milestones, bite sizes to accomplishments. And I think you know it's like when you achieve them, that dopamine goes into overdrive, and you get that hit, that fix, and it's great, which then encourages you and builds your confidence to to give it another go. And you know, for myself, my own experience when I trained as an actress. I, like I say, that was my absolute biggest goal. And there was lots of little hurdles I had to overcome to get to that point. First of all, I had to financially support myself. So I had to work for a few years to pay for myself to go to drama school. Then I had to get into drama school. Then you had to actually complete the training, stripping away all your distractions so you're there. Um, And then, of course, you've got to get the agent and then you've got to get the parts. So, you know, there's a lot of hurdles to overcome. And I got to the point where sort of quite early on when I came out of drama school, I had a run of rejection, lots and lots, and lots of knockbacks, rejection. And I had, you know, a meeting with my agent. And I said, What am I doing wrong? And she said, It's your it's your mind. It's your frame of mind. You're going in, in a really negative frame of mind. And it's so true because what I was doing, I'd get a phone call from my agent to say, okay, he's a new part, casting. And immediately I could feel my whole physicality going, oh no, I'm gonna make a fool of myself again. I'm gonna, you know. I'm going to make, you know, I'm going to be humiliated. I'm not going to get it. I've got those awful feelings again. So I would talk myself out of it before I even got through the door. And, you know, my agent sort of sat down and said, look, you've got as much chance as anyone else. You're trained. You're a new face. They want you to succeed. And I started sort of, you know, really sort of tapping into that. And of course, I start you know, my mind frame changed and my outlook, my attitude changed. And I had more of a positive outlook and I started getting work, which then reinforced actually... That gremlin is tripping me up. It's there to keep us safe to a certain extent because it doesn't want us to to reach any danger. But it's keeping us in that safe comfort zone and to grow, to progress. You've got to get out of that comfort zone, which is really uncomfortable. So I always encourage my clients, you know, almost like, you know, feel the fear. You've got to feel it and realize that actually this is it's being comfortable with the uncomfortable
0: my husband has a phrase, Charlie, which is, which I like a lot. And he says, what's focal is causal. And this is what you're talking about is that so often, and I don't know if it's a British thing or whether it's a worldwide thing, but I, I, do you kind of get the sense that we Brits tend to do it more, is that we focus on the negative. We'll go into a situation, as you were saying, I was like, oh, I'm not good enough. Somebody else is going to get the job. Um, I'm going to get caught out. I haven't got the right qualifications for this. And so we've got that that voice going in in our head. Whereas if we try to focus on the positive outcome, I can do this really well. I've done this before, I can do it again. It's, it's that positive mantra. But I'm just wondering why people find it so hard to do that. The natural default seems to be, I'm going to muck this up.
1: Yeah, and I think it comes back down to, like you say, the self-limiting beliefs. And, you know, they, they sort of, they start to get fomented in sort of childhood, really. And if you've had a period of in your in your life where you've had a lot of knockbacks, It just confirms I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. And you know, I work with my clients. You have to strip that away. And you know, it's it's a bit of a process, and it's you know, it's quite a lot of work, but it's worth it because otherwise, what's the alternative? You're going to stay where you are. You're not going to progress. You're going to feel sort of stagnated and, and and happy. So for me, progress equals happiness because we all, you know, when you're on that journey to achieve your goals. It's, you know, it's, it's, a, re, it's a journey and, and we all need to have something to work towards. Because if you don't, you just stay as you are and you don't grow. And growth is so important, especially, in the, you know, in the business world. You know, you have to keep, you know, thinking about, you know, what can I bring? What can I contribute? I talk very much about how we value ourselves. And, you know, I ask my clients, so, you know, what, what do you bring to your relationship? What do you bring to your, your job, your team? You know, how valuable are you? And it's uncomfortable because suddenly you have to think, you have to find the things that you like about yourself. Like you say, it's very easy to go, oh, I'm not very good at that. Oh no, I I don't think I bring much. But why would you be in the relationship? Why would you be doing the job? You obviously bring something. So I get my clients to think of five things that they do really well, and then five things that they could improve on. So coming back to how you can increase your value, that also increases your confidence. So, you know, things like, you know, back in the workplace, it's very easy to think, you know, timekeeping. Do you turn up early? Are you, out, you know, are you the first one in, last one out? Or are you the last one in, first one out? You know, time management. How much of a team player? How is your, what's your communication skills like? So, the little subtle changes that I think would naturally increase your value, and again in your personal life as well.
0: People really struggle with that, though. And I find this when we're when we're coaching and and teaching Charlie, we always ask people to talk about their credibility, because if you if you are credible to an audience, they're going to trust you so much more. And you can almost see people going, oh, I don't want to talk about myself. I I completely get it. Because I think what I'm bragging or I'm boasting say, well, no, it's it's not. It's really important. This, uh, this all ties in together with your self-worth, with the way that the audience perceives you. And I say, you tell me, tell me all the stuff that you've done. And all this stuff comes out and you go, Wow, you need to share that with people. And you can almost see the sort of like the sternum lift and the, oh, actually, you know, I do feel good about myself. And it's so important this in in all aspects of our communication.
1: Absolutely, and I think exactly what you say people don't like talking about themselves. Actually, people love talking about themselves. We've almost got to warm them up to get them there. So when you sort of start off going, so tell me, tell me your credibility. They sort of like you say that you can see the physicality changing, and but, I, but I, it's, it's so important to think about the value that you bring and what you what you're bringing. What are you not bringing? What can you bring? So it's very much going inward to find out what you can then give outward. So, yeah, and I, and I think it's really important. It comes back down to your values and your value. So, you know, and there's a, there's, a, there's quite a close, you know, there's a parallel there. You know, if, if you're working, you know, if your values are all in line, you're probably going to be being more productive in your work because it's we're all working in the same direction. Sometimes I get clients who are very unhappy with their job. Or they want a career change because, you know, people's values change over a period of time. And they're in a a job or a team that the values have changed, and they're not feeling valuable because they're not living to their truth. So it's about working with your inner instinct, your truth, to then become more valuable
0: and increase your value in the workplace. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering as well, Charlie, is it's about sort of surrounding yourself with people who have a similar mindset. Uh, We all know that most most workplaces are really great places to work but i'm sure there's people listening thinking my workplace or my environment is is quite toxic and that can be that that's obviously going to sort of leach away some of your self-confidence and your self-worth so if you're in that if you're in that environment where it is toxic where you haven't got people who can support you are there in if you could be easy to say, just leave your job, go and find something different or leave your relationship. What are some of the things that, that you can do to, to try and elevate yourself away from that toxicity, if you like?
1: Yeah. And I talk quite a lot about boundaries. Actually, boundaries are really important. So I think, you know, having your own boundary and also think about your daily intentions. What can I do each day to make this a little bit better? Maybe if you're in a toxic environment or you're working next to a colleague that you're really struggling with, just try it out. Show a little bit more compassion, a bit more empathy. Um, maybe communicate a little more. See if that changes the dynamic. Give yourself a time frame as well I think, okay, I'm going to try this out for, you know, maybe a couple of weeks, a couple of months and see how I get on, how I feel. If by then I'm still feeling the same, you know, there's a bigger question, which is maybe Maybe the values of the company has changed or maybe I've changed. So I think, you know, think about, you know, how much are you contributing? How flexible? How creative? You know, how collaborative? What are you bringing to the table? And if you are doing absolutely everything, then, then I think you, you know, you need to have those conversations with, you know, your department, HR, whoever to sort of say, you know, how can I make this better? Is there maybe a place that I could change or, you know, movement? But I think you've got, you've got to try everything. Try. Try to increase your value so then that increases your confidence. So you know you've done everything you possibly can in that environment. And if, if it's if it changes, fantastic. If it doesn't, then you know you've got to look at the bigger picture and think, okay, maybe I need to change. And, and the thing is with change, we put change off because it's so uncomfortable. It's the fear of the unknown. And if you think about COVID at the moment. It's, you know, the last year and a half, two years, everybody has had a very different experience because the things that we do on a regular basis, they've been taken away from us. So we're all in this sort of existential crisis of the unknown, the uncertainty. And the reason mental health has increased is because people don't like that. It's very um, anxiety provoking. And if you think of the idea of changing occupation or changing career, it's just so fearful, so we end up staying where we are, and you know that's not growth, that's not progress. So again, it's t- coming back to your internal instincts, your um, your truth, and your values, so you can live live to them very
0: closely. And I think, as you were saying earlier, Charlie, you know, there, there are different forms of self-sabotage. You were just saying there, there's, there's the type of, you know, you go on a diet and then, oh, you, just, you know, get, get bored. But there's also the self-sabotage where you don't try and do something because you're scared, because, or you're concerned about the outcome. So there's, there's these different, it's not sort of like a one-size-fits-all is there's, there's different approaches or sort of thoughts around this self-sabotage.
1: Yeah. And I think it all comes back to fear. You know, you might hate your situation. You might find it really difficult, but you're comfortable in that sort of unpleasantness in a way. The idea of change is like, I don't know what's ahead. I don't know what's out there. You know, better better the devil you know, I'm just going to stay put. And, and yeah, it's, and again, it's the idea of change is overwhelming and scary. But when you break it down into little bite-sized milestones, that's when I think it's, it's not so daunting um, sort of c- coming off on a slight tangent, one of my friends is a personal trainer. And he said that the clients that he absolutely loves working with more than anything are women who have set a, a wedding date because they want to lose weight. Now, if I just woke up one day and said, OK, I want to lose three stone. I mean, that's overwhelming. It's like, how on earth am I going to do that? What? Why? But because they've got a specific date and all eyes are on them, you know, they've imagined their the perfect day, the dress they got to fit into, the photographs, and it's it becomes real. So they work really, really hard. They get up in the rain, they go out early mornings because they want to be absolute, that picture of perfection on that day. Whereas when we think of our own goals and change and fear, it's not specific enough and it's not a deadline normally, it's not a time frame. So If you think, okay, I've got got to get out of here within two months, you'll work really hard to get out of there. If there was something that negative was going to happen in two months, you would move. It's about sharpening that rock. When we don't sharpen it, when we don't make it specific, you kind of sit on it
0: yeah, yeah. Um, Charlie you've given us some really lovely tips in this podcast we always like to finish with some sort of two or three top tips as if if you're someone who knows that you self-sabotage somebody perhaps you know that you've got that inner critic that shadow that that little imp or pixie on your shoulder um Charlie what would you say would be the two or three easy next steps that, that people people can do
1: yeah okay for me it's number one really challenge listen out for that voice challenge it look it in the face and challenge it Uh, secondly I think get really organized it's really simple but when you've got your diary your schedule laid out make it you know you're, you're super organized and then third break it into bite sizes so if you've got goals if you've got something
0: you want to achieve break it down get organized and listen out for that negative voice Brilliant. Charlie, thank you so much. A real pleasure to chat to you today. Don't forget, you can see all our previous podcasts on the website, lots of blogs too. It's ukbodytalk.com. Until next time, take care. Bye-bye.